Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Your snap judgments from the weekend of sports. What did you take in? What fired the passions? one 736 and 0433981116. You've seen the match sims ahead of the AFL season. Now we're about to see the practice matches where much more will be learnt. But any hints, any trends, any insights? Any Saints fans? Australia had their way with New Zealand in the T20s as they progressed. Now for an intriguing test series. So all of those questions from the Gabba are about to be revisited. And we presume that will be on a green top in Wellington. The Melbourne Rebels. Now, this is a miserable existence. And it's now extended the on-field on a terrible opening. And what shapes as a torturous season. It's hard to live at the edge of extinction in a sporting context. If you're in that crowd at Amy Park on Friday night, I'd be super curious what the feeling was. The Matildas took the tension out of Olympic qualifying in Tashkent. Jordan Thompson produced epic feats of endurance to win the singles and the doubles at the ATP event in Los Cabos. And more than 52,000 fans made Rhea Ripley's homecoming an event to remember at the WWE's Elimination Chamber in Perth. And that's not all of it either. one 736 and 0433981116. Snap judgments for Snap Fitness. Snap Fitness for the feeling. I've got a couple on an AFL front to start. Port Adelaide's wrecking ball, Sam Pepper. He got every part of his timing wrong in his collision with Adelaide's Mark Keane. If ever there was a week not to leave a player concussed in your wake... It was the bloodless match simulation against the backdrop of another high-profile retirement and pleas for more proactive measures of prevention. It's an awful blow for Keane as a starting point, disrupting his preparations for the season through contact that he should never have been subjected to. It will prove a costly bump for Powell Pepper. It's just a matter of counting the weeks. And it gives the AFL a rolled gold case to set the base for careless bumping suspensions in 2024. It's worth just a quick revision here. Across recent seasons, we've seen this penalty progressively and appropriately rise. A wave of inflation went through the system when convention altered to great impact in the instance of concussion as severe. So that added a week in one pen stroke. From where we left off last year, I'd say the power pepper bump is a straight up and down three-week ban. But if the AFL has a mind to increase the deterrent... It will seek four weeks in this case and establish a greater penalty. I feel as though you, the constituency, 
are ready for this type of suspension to rise. It's one of those incidents, one of those rare ones, in which the AFL will get whatever penalty it seeks from its tribunal. So we'll learn a bit about the league's thinking in the hours ahead. You'll have your views. I think last year it would have been a straight up and down three. My feeling is the AFL will ask for and get four. And we, as the football public, will support that rise in penalty. As for what happened in matches, the team performance that caught my eye in the match sim was St Kilda. There was a summer survey conducted by the SEN digital team, 3,184 respondents. So more than Andy Lee and less than the Australian Bureau of Statistics, but a good sample, 3,184. They're asked to answer the question, which finalist would slide the furthest in 2024? And 46.5% nominated St Kilda as the team to fall furthest. The only other teams in double figures were Melbourne at 18.3% and Port Adelaide at 14.5%. So the Saints in a landslide to go on the landslide. Only 13% of those surveyed had St Kilda in their eight. They are ahead of only Fremantle and West Coast, Hawthorne, North Melbourne and Richmond. It's an interesting prejudice. Few expected St Kilda in the finals last year, yet they lived the entire season inside the eight. Now there's a prevailing view that they will regress to that expectation. That's not what I saw on Friday. That was a team on the improve, a team with speed from behind, intent on perpetual motion, a team with slick ball users off half back and multiple targets to aim at, a team with some size in the midfield and young players on an upward trajectory. Across the match, and we didn't see a whole lot of defensive intent. It seemed much more about ball use and offensive patterns. That wasn't the Saints. They maintained their defensive structure so that Essendon could never get behind them. Their anchor point was organised and effective. The Saints were the pick of the match, Sim. It was an excellent February hit-out. And by comparison with a year ago, Ross Lyons team was so much more advanced near in the end of a second pre-season. So when you factor all of that in, I don't see how they would be the team to slide as almost half the football world is predicting. One three hundred seven three six seven three six for some snap judgments and oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Oh, I see Carlton hooked another celebrity. This is a quite the mission, isn't it? So Pink's boy Jamison joined the ranks of Tom Brady, Scotty Pippen, and Robbie Williams in accepting the navy blue Guernsey and parading it publicly. By this measure, the Blues have been determined and successful, and one imagines they are staking out Travis Kelsey wherever he moves in Sydney right now. On a cricket front, snap judgments. After the first Chapel-Hadley thriller, Australia's bowling was far too much for New Zealand thereafter. Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, add in Nathan Ellis and Spencer Johnson. And Adam Zampa, it was good to see him reassert himself after he'd gone for plenty in the previous four games against both the West Indies and New Zealand. The batters couldn't lay a glove on the Aussies in Auckland. So this is a World Cup, Cup year and thus performances hold added significance. It's... It's why the failure of Steve Smith at the top is reverberating. At the start of the last T20 World Cup, you'll recall Australia was ready to move past Smith in the shortest form of the game. They left him out at the SCG against New Zealand in favour of the specialist hitters. It was a popular strategy at the time, but the team looked all wrong without him. And that was a failed campaign. Now that is all about to be revisited. The powerhouse batting lineup looks better equipped, particularly with Tim David looking more settled at international level. The opening partnership in the West Indies later this year will be Travis Head and Dave Warner, unless injury strikes. 
and Mitch Marsh has nailed down three. He should be the captain of that campaign. You can see, you can see and feel the desperation in Smith. He's often been able to adapt to the circus hitting, and he did that spectacularly a couple of BBLs ago, but it's not his natural state. And he was trying a bit of everything on Friday and Sunday, and it got him nowhere. If Smith isn't in the lineup, is he a necessary insurance policy? So the insurance policy idea worked so well for Australia in the 50-over World Cup, where they had both Smith and Labuschagne, and they won the final as a result of it. But are we about to look at an Australian squad where there is no Steve Smith? So that was sacrilege once not too long ago, but maybe it's an increasing reality as we head toward the middle of this year. And Smith will remain an intense focus later this week in Wellington as he continues his opening duties at test level. We haven't played a test series across the ditch in eight years. Australia has a dominant long-term record over the Kiwis. It's guaranteed to be a green top. I think we'll probably laugh as to whether we can identify the pitch when we get our first look at the square in Wellington. So it'll be a substantial challenge for the refurbished top order. That's a conversation that picks up where we left off at the Gabba. But those conditions will also suit Australia's formidable pace attack. And I must confess, watching the T20s when New Zealand couldn't lay a glove on Australia, I started to fret for them a little in what's about to transpire in the Test Series. If the T20s are anything to go by, the Black Caps have an awful lot to absorb at the hands of Australia's pace attack. They might be rapid-fire Test matches.